Hi, friends. It's Vin Scully. It's time for Dr. Clapper. In sports, there's winning and losing and getting injured. That's why there's Dr. Clapper. Dr. Clapper is the former head of orthopedic surgery at Cedar sinai The Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper, presented by Cedar sinai Hey, Dr. Clapper. How are you? Saturday mornings from 7 to 9. Silence is golden when you can't think of a good answer. <laughs> yes, Doc, I love your show. Now, here he is, Dr. Robert Clapper. Good morning, Los Angeles. And welcome to another edition of the Weekend Warrior Show. I'm your host, Dr. Robert Clapper. I'm an orthopedic surgeon at Cedar sinai 33 years and counting. What a great week I had in surgery. I can't wait to tell you all about it. Hip surgery, knee surgery, shoulder surgery. So many interesting people to see in the office. So many anterior cruciate ligaments. Skiing, basketball, dancing. All kinds of reasons to tear your ACL. But I can't start the show without talking about. And I'm excited for my guest at 8.15. You'll hear all about it. We have a great show planned for you. But I was lucky enough to go to the Super Bowl last Sunday with my wife. It was a bucket list for me, and it was awesome. I'm sitting 16 rows from the field on the 20-yard line. Can you imagine? It's great in life to be able to give yourself a gift, work real hard like I do, and then be able to reward yourself. There's only two football jerseys I've worn in my lifetime. One was when I was 12, 1969, I wore a Joe Namath football jersey. I haven't worn one since, until now. Because yes, I'm a Rams fan, a season ticket holder, and here on ESPN, we're the station for the Rams. It's a big reason why I stay on this station. But I also have a Joe Burrow jersey, because his life story They need to make a movie about it one day. It's just awesome. So there I was, sitting 16 rows from the field, watching Matthew Stafford and his story, and hoping and rooting for the Rams, and at the same time, rooting for Joe Burrow. It was was kind of strange. Bringing my wife, who's my age, I was so scared about, Listening to hip-hop. What's going to happen? Oh, my God. I need this to be perfect for her, too. So I bought Bose noise-canceling headphones. (laughs) And if you go on Twitter, you'll see a picture of me in the stands listening to Van Morrison while the noise of the stadium and all the crazy stuff is there. And then in the halftime show, I look... And look at my wife going, thank God I got those noise-canceling headphones. And what do I see? She took them off. She's listening to Mary J. Blige. I said to her, what are you doing? She goes, I love Mary J. Blige. This is my favorite song. (laughs) So much for spending the money for the noise-canceling headphones. 
said to me, Robbie, I love Mary J. Blige. Oh, my God. It was awesome on so many levels. The food was fantastic. I had Korean barbecue at a stadium. I never eat the food at the stadium. I'm a doctor. I know better. That food was delicious. But I don't drink alcohol. I don't drink beer. I don't drink wine. I never have. I just don't have the taste for it. So I bought, for God knows how much money, a Coca-Cola with ice in it because it was 80 degrees in the stadium. Drank it in my seat. And surrounded by Rams fans, Bengals fans, these are not the despicable 49er fans. These were Midwest sweethearts rooting their team on. And then I have the boisterous Rams fans sitting in my section. But I'm drinking this Coca-Cola because it's hot. And I must have made this sound because it was hot and I already drank my entire cup. Okay, that's a problem. This is how great the Super Bowl was for me personally. As I'm making this sucking sound noise with my Coke because I can't get any more juice out of the cup. Don't you know this this total stranger to me? You know how I always tell you, find a total stranger, do something nice for them? Well, it must be in the universe. Because this total stranger sitting in front of me, Brandon is his name. I ultimately asked him his name. Here's me going with with my cup. He turns around and says to me, would you like a beer? I said, no, 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 no. That's, That's fine. Thank you very much. I'm okay. No, no, no. I have an extra one. And I'm saying to myself, I don't drink beer. I'm not going to do that. Here. And he turns and gives me. Tw- it's also on Twitter. Take a look at the size of this thing. It looks like an 18-wheeler gas tank. This is a 25-ounce can of beer. In my whole life, I'm 64 and a half. I've never had a 25-ounce of anything. He gives me a Michelob Ultra. I have drank Corona. Maybe I'll get through a quarter of the bottle. I've drunk Coors. Maybe I'll get through an eighth of the bottle. I don't like to taste, and I'm just doing it to be social. I never had a Michelob Ultra in my life. Here I'm dealing with the ice and the Coke, because that's what makes it cold. Who knew that beer held the chill of the temperature? I didn't know that. I snap open the bottle, the can. I thank him. And I take a sip of Michelob Ultra for the very first time in my life. And as I'm drinking it, two things go through my head. One, oh my God, you don't need ice cubes if you're drinking beer because the chill is in the liquid. And number two, oh my God, it was delicious. It was like drinking Hawaiian fruit punch. I never had such a delicious beer in my life. And they ain't paying me to say this. This is Southern California. I'm supposed to be drinking a Corona with a lime in it or whatever, which is fine. But it ain't delicious. The taste is always abhorrent to me. Not Michelob Ultra. So as I'm drinking this beer with this chilliness and ice cold, and it's 25 ounces, I realize, uh uh-oh, I'm about to become an alcoholic. (laughs) Because... It was so delicious. 
I ended up drinking like, I don't know, a quarter of the can. 25 ounces is a lot. But that just gives you a picture of how perfect my bucket list visit to the Super Bowl was. 16 rows from the 20-yard line in front of the Cincinnati Bengal goal line. Because you know what that meant? Again, look on Twitter. The very last play of the game where the Rams have to score a touchdown. Where Matthew Stafford's about to throw the ball to Cooper Cup was played in front of me and my wife 16 rows away with my belly full of Colby beef Korean barbecue and Michelob Ultra with fans who were gracious and sweet. They were loud, but it was incredible. It was a day in my life that I will never forget. And I started to feel bad because they're on the eight-yard line and the refs start blowing the whistles. You start to feel, wait a minute, it's Los Angeles, it's SoFi, the NFL wants the Rams to win. You know, all these thoughts go through your head, even though I'm a Rams fan. Like, come on, refs, stop doing that. If we're going to win, we should win outright. Stop favoring with the whistles. That's what I thought. Until I went home the next day, couldn't wait to watch the game that I recorded to see it from television perspective. And that's when I realized Jalen Ramsey penalty not called for his face mask, which is why they opened the third quarter with that bomb to Higgins. That should never have happened. So it's like life. We didn't get the penalty on that. We got penalties over there. They equaled themselves out. You can feel very good, Rams fans. We really did beat the Bengals fair and square because they didn't call that penalty, that face mask that they should have, and maybe they did a little bit more. But those were legitimate whistles and calls. It was a moment. It was a game seven. I was there watching Kobe beat the Boston Celtics where you had that news conference where Ron Artest said, oh, my God, Kobe passed me the ball. The joy, the exhilaration, exactly like Aaron Donald. It is such a great moment for all of us in Los Angeles, whether you like football or not, whether you love sports or not. It's what glues us together. And it was an awesome moment that's going to continue to reverberate. That Matthew Stafford is fantastic. And Cooper Cup acknowledging how important his wife has been in his success. These are amazing stories. Yeah, they're sports. But we don't go to church anymore as a community like we used to. We don't have something that unites us. We need Kobe. We need Shaq. Well, they ain't playing anymore, and rest in peace, Kobe ain't here anymore. But we now have Coach McVeigh. Aaron Donald, Cooper Cup, Matthew Stafford, they're the heroes now. Because forget the Lakers. 
Now, we got to do some clap revision and talk about Anthony Davis. And I also want to talk about Odell Beckham. How beautiful his contribution has been. But no one tackled him, and look at what the turf does to grab his foot. So I immediately called this week the greatest Ram I know, Fred Dreyer. Because this is a pet peeve of his, the turf. So in March, we're going to talk about that with the great Fred Dreyer, the greatest Ram, in my opinion, about what exactly is going on with the turf from a player's perspective. Ah, so much to talk about. Today's topic is going to be about Cowboys, because my guest at 815 is an expert in the blue jean business. He's going to call in from Raleigh, North Carolina. Victor Litvinenko. Jared Abrams tracked him down. He's a surfer. He's a chef. He's a vineyard owner. But he now has another business. This 40-year-old guy is a renaissance man. And he makes organic blue jeans. So this whole show today is going to be about an amazing topic. Blue jeans. In art, in sports, and in surgery, and in my life. And I'm going to tell you a story. You better have a box of Kleenex. As it relates to blue jeans in my life as a surgeon. Because in my office, I have pictures of my family framed in my office where the diplomas and my patents are hanging. But there's also a picture in my office of me wearing blue jeans with my wife at a birthday party for a five-year-old because when I started my practice 33 years ago I had no idea what I was doing I don't have a father who's a doctor who could tell me how to set up an office I made it all by myself I made it up and guess who I hired I hired single moms I didn't go looking for it but that's that's who I met that's who I could hire they didn't go to business school that they were hard-working ladies who I met and said, you're going to do this, I'll teach you. You're going to do this, I'll teach you. Scheduling, getting insurance notifications. A whole different world. And one of those single moms had a five-year-old. And she invited me to her the five-year-old's birthday party. And I have a picture in a frame of my wife and I at the five-year-old's birthday party, and I'm wearing blue jeans. I'm going to tell you a story of that five-year-old 33 years later who came to see me this week, and it almost made me cry in pride because that little boy became a police officer. He happened to hurt his shoulder, and he's going to be fine. But wait till I tell you what it was like to meet that five-year-old all these years later, and I'm so proud of him. We'll get into it. What a jam-packed show we have today. Blue jeans in art, in sports, in surgery. Crazy topic, Jared Abrams. And don't forget food. Where's the best blue jeans food in life in Los Angeles? It's going to be barbecued brisket, and I'm going to tell you where the best place in L.A. is. My mouth is watering already. The number is 877-710-ESPN. 
You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warriors show here on 710 ESPN. What's going on? It's Max. You know there's no better way to start your Saturday morning than with my friend Dr. Clapper and the Weekend Warrior Show. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. The best entertainer. Forget going to the movies. Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. So the Clapper was looking at the flapper. Can you imagine how cool that was? Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. This is Eminem. Mr. Mathers, Slim Shady himself, brought to life by Jimmy Iovine and Dr. Dre. The music was just incredible. Prideful for Los Angeles and Compton, where that music came from. Who knew my wife loved hip-hop? I always used to tell Dave Miller, I know a lot about the hip but not about the hop. But let me tell you something. If your hip ain't working, you may need me so that you can do the hopping. But let's get back to this story that just moved me this week. I was just walking on cloud nine because of the Super Bowl. They even The NFL sent me an NFT. I don't even know what that is. Oh, you got to download this. Accept it. Okay, so I press the button. I have an NFT. Thank you. What do I do with it? It's not like you can print anything. <laughs> it's hilarious. Oh, my God. I feel like a caveman. But we're going to talk about blue jeans today because at 8.15, Victor's calling in, and I can't wait to ask him all about He has an organic blue jean company, Raleigh Denim Company. And there it is in my office in a frame. There's a picture. Pollywog Park. I think that's the name of it. In Manhattan Beach. I'm sitting at a picnic table with my wife. Balloons. Little kids all around. Wearing my blue jeans. And it's in a frame in my office. Because the little boy is having a birthday. And I'm invited to the birthday by his mom, who's working for me, just started working for me. Please, Dr. Clapper, can you come to my son's party? Yes, it'll be my pleasure. You never know what an impact you have on people. I was there for her and for the five-year-old. In my office this week, a buff, delightful, tattooed, strong policeman comes to see me. I recognize him, I think, and then it is him. Dr. Clapper, I hurt my shoulder. Can you take a look? Sure, you're going to be fine. We'll get an MRI. Examine him. No cortisone shots. No stem cells. No PRP injections. Do the right thing. Take care of him. And he says to me, you know, I've been transferred. I want to do this without revealing his name, just out of respect. He says, I've been transferred to be in uh, the precinct 
near your office. That's great, I said to him. I'm so proud of you. And then he says to me, and I want you to know, Dr. Clapper, every day before my shift is over, because I am in a precinct close, I drive by your office to make sure, I'm going to choke up now, that everything is okay. This little boy is now a grown man, wife, kids. He's the five-year-old birthday party I went to where I'm wearing blue jeans on the picnic table who's now looking after me. I just said yes, I'll go to the birthday party. But don't you kid yourself that that meant so much to his mom and ultimately to the little boy. I just looked at him and I said, oh my God, you don't have to do that. No, Dr. Clapper, I want to. Awesome. Blue jeans, they mean so much. They're comfortable. They're America. And I'm not an advertising genius. But I grew up when the days when the cigarette companies advertised a lot. And they, Philip Morris, who made Marlboro, hired Leo Burnett, one of the most famous advertising geniuses in my lifetime. What do I mean by that? Listen to who Leo Burnett invented that's in your life. Tony the Tiger from Frosted Flakes, the Maytag Repairman, Fly the Friendly Skies of United, You're in Good Hands with Allstate, the Jolly Green Giant, the Keebler Elves, Morris the Cat, Nine Lives Cat Food, the Pillsbury Doughboy, Fruit Loops, that Toucan Sam, but the most important advertising idea that Leo Burnett came up with was the Marlboro Man. Because he realized blue jeans, a cowboy. Because Philip Morris created a cigarette for women in the 20s and 30s, a feminine cigarette. Papers already started to come out that cigarette was not healthy for you. So Philip Morris dreamed up the idea, well, let's make a filter. As if that's going to make a cigarette any safer to smoke. But that's what they thought. This was going back to the 50s. But they also wanted to now have this feminine designed cigarette, Marlboro, become a cigarette that men wanted. The problem is, the macho men did not want to filter. They still wanted to smoke cigarettes without a filter. This is an unbelievable challenge. So they hired the best, Leo Burnett. Leo, we're Philip Morris. Make success out of this cigarette. And Philip Morris, genius to get Leo Burnett involved, was to say, okay, I'm going to get people to buy this cigarette because I'm going to use blue jeans and cowboys, and I'm not going to use models. 
I'm going to the rodeo. I'm going to a ranch in Texas and Oklahoma, and I'm hiring the real deal guys. And I'm going to have them walk through Yankee Stadium and call it Marlboro Country. You got to hear the story of Leo Burnett and Philip Morris. It all started back in 1954 when Marlboro came in a feminine package, and men didn't take too well to filter cigarettes. Well, the Philip Morris Company had done some very thorough research into the fast-growing filter business and had come up with a revolutionary new cigarette package, the first new one in over 40 years, the now-famous flip-top box. That's when Leo Burnett and his advertising agency came into the picture. you got to hear this story. They're not just blue jeans. There's power in blue jeans. When the Philip Morris people... Uh decided to uh, give us this account. I really can't tell you what a charge we got out of it. The first real assignment we got was for a newspaper ad as part of a test campaign that the previous agency had prepared, which was then running in Dallas and Fort Worth. They told us that they didn't expect miracles overnight, and to meet this particular assignment, we could run one of the ads prepared by the previous agency and continue the campaign until we were ready to come down there with a full-fledged uh, recommendation. And uh, uh, I said, the hell with that. Yeah. <laughs> by the way, Leo Burnett is talking right now, smoking a cigarette during the interview. Love this guy. And... Um, uh, here's the way it went. The cigarettes are sissy. Some people think that filter cigarettes are any kind of, kind of sissy, and we want to make a masculine. I said, what's the most masculine symbol you can think of? Mm-hmm. And right off the top of his head, one of these writers spoke up and said, a cowboy. I said, hey, that's for sure. I said, go over there and, uh, uh, and uh, draw this cowboy roughly. Uh, I have some layout pads. and uh, Let's make a great big... Uh, sketch of this cowboy out of this book here every nerve in leo burnett's body lit up when he saw this ad start to take place he knew it was right in every fiber that made him up monday morning we set the type on the ad we dug up a, another picture of a cowboy and we slapped this together in a matter of less than 24 hours i would say well uh, the art director brought it in, showed it to me, and I, got, I, got, I just jumped out of my chair. I mean, I've <laughs> been advertising business quite a while, but this is one of the greatest things I'd ever seen. Yeah. I, I just every instinct I had told me that this was this was it. You this see. was it. You were right, Leo. But this man smokes Marlboro cigarettes. What kind of a man is he? I'm one of the hands on this branch. I wouldn't trade places with anybody. Working outside suits me. You like to smoke, too. A cigarette's good company. So everything we did seemed to spell mother, you know. <laughs> it all kind of came together, and we made a few mistakes along the line, but some ads and some commercials were better than others, but that's the way it all started. Yeah, that's the way it all started, Leo Burnett. Here's a little bit more. That's the way it all started, with a big bang. The new Marlboro Pack and advertising were an overnight success. Marlboros were in such demand that additional packaging equipment had to be air freighted from England. Sales went through the roof from 18 million cigarettes in 1954 to 6.5 billion in 55. Billion. And over 14 billion by 1956. In a matter of just a year or two, 
They went from millions to billions. You want to hear more about this story? It's a story that's a part of all of us. And it starts with the power in blue jeans. Wait till you hear what they did. We haven't even gotten into the music that they used. Genius. We'll take a break. We'll pay some bills. The number is 877-710-ESPN. You just got to hear the story. Who knew there was such power in being a cowboy? You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warrior Show here on 710 ESPN. This is Keyshawn in the morning. My man, Dr. Clapper, and the Weekend Warrior Show starts your Saturday morning. Join the doc from 7 to 9 a.m. But don't miss my show, Monday morning on 710 ESPN. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. With tinted windows. Can you imagine? Start your weekend off right. Listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. While I'm in Italy. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN. 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. And the number's 877-710-ESPN. I should stop giving the phone number out, but I can't help it. Let's go to David and Irvine. You're on with Dr. Clapper. How can I help? Hey, David. I mean, I'm sorry, Dr. Clapper, great to talk to you. Um, My listen, pleasure. I, Wait, a, how young are you? What do you do for a living? How you doing, man? I am 45, and I'm an attorney. Uh-oh. Where'd you go to college? Where'd you go to law school? All right, I went to Howard University, the greatest university in America. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, and how about yeah. law school also at Howard? Absolutely, home of Thurgood Marshall. And where, uh, where are you from? you got a beautiful accent. Uh, originally Jamaica, but, uh, uh, you know, a little bit of New York in there, too. Yeah. What part of New York? Queens? Uh, yeah. Yeah. All the Jamaicans go to Queens. In they, fact, they do. It's crazy. In fact, in fact, there's a town called Jamaica, Queens, actually, where my parents and, and apparently that, used to live. That's hilarious. Jamaican me crazy, that, David. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Clapper, I need your help a father out here. Okay. All right. I got an athlete. He's uh, 17 years old. Mm-hmm. And he has a hip impingement. Right. All right. Yes. It got it got diagnosed a, over a year ago. So you know, we go in and they recommend. Uh, first of all, it was, it was highly inflamed to begin with. Mm-hmm. So we get one of those uh, cortisone packs, the pills, mm-hmm. right? Crazy. To kind of take the infl- inflammation down. Crazy. And then hate then that. We basically I already to- I already hate that information. But thank you. Yeah. Then um, we ended up doing rehab for about. Well, a year, right? We we have to do rehab um, for six months just to get him back playing again. Okay. Long story short, he gets back stable and plays, plays the basketball season. Okay. Um, however, of course, the pain comes back right. towards the end of the season. Right. So ultimately, to, to move it forward, the, the diagnosis is to go ahead and have surgery to fix the impingement, yes. Uh, you know, to smooth out the bone, right? To solve the impingement, fix. He has a slightly torn labrum in one, right. hip impingement in both, right? So, uh, what I'm calling for, Dr. Clapper, just as a parent, is can you give me any ease about this surgery? Anytime your child has a surgery, you're, you're concerned. So I'm concerned as a father, but then I'll be frank as an athlete, right? He's a high level athlete. You know, like every parent, you know, you believe that he, he has a good chance of playing in college. Will his athleticism return? I've been on the Internet reading studies. I read this study from this guy out in Colorado who um, did some studies on hip impingements. I mean, um, labrum surgeries and um, athletes return. You know, can you just, you know, 
are we doing the right thing going on the surgery route to make it right? Here's a hip impingement in both, by the way. So they plan to do both hips, this, you know, like do one and six weeks later do the other. Can Let you just me. give a dad some perspective yes. about this? I can. First of all, the guy in Colorado is a good friend of mine. His name is Mark Philippon, and I love that guy. He and I kind of started doing hip arthroscopy. We're about the same age. Um, it was hilarious. He asked me, could I please come give a lecture? At his, he has a meeting once a year in Colorado. I said, I'm not coming to Colorado to give you a talk. He goes, please, come give the talk. What do you want to talk about? I said, if you want me to come, I'll talk about something I love. He says, what's that? I said, Michelangelo, because every surgeon needs to be a good sculptor. He looked at me, goes, whatever you want to talk about, Dr. Clapper, you come and talk about Michelangelo. And I did. It was hilarious. He's, he's, the, old, he's the Kobe Bryant of hip arthroscopy. There's a guy in New York who's a good friend of mine named Brian Kelly. That's another great hip arthroscopy surgeon. Because I will tell you right now, it makes a difference who does the surgery. This is tricky. You got to be able to do it right. You got to shave down the bone as a sculptor. You got to do that right. And you got to be able to fix the labrum properly. So I will just tell you right now, it makes a big difference who's doing the surgery. What is hip impingement? Just for the weekend warriors who are listening in on our conversation, what exactly is it? I'll tell you what it is. And here, you listen to the show, David. You know what Clapper Vision is? Yeah, I do, sir. Let's pretend you have a size 12 foot like I do. It's August. It's hot as hell. You can't walk barefoot because you'll burn the bottom of your foot. So you go to a surf shop. You go to Val Surf, my favorite, in the valley. And you say, listen, yep. it's hot outside. I need to have a pair of flip-flops, size 12 flip-flops. And they'll go, sorry, Dr. Clapper, we're all out of size 12. We only have a size 8. I go, oh, my. I'm desperate. I just don't want to burn the bottom of my foot. Even though my heel will hang off the end of the flip-flop, I'm buying the size 8 flip-flop because I'm desperate. Well, guess what happens, David, when you, with a size 12 foot, wear a size 8 flip-flop? You crush the end of the flip-flop with your heel, right? How's that visual? Okay, you're crushing the edge. Instead of wearing a size 12 flip-flop where everything is covered, your whole heel is covered, here the heel is crushing the end of the flip-flop. Well, guess what? If you are born... You're completely at fault, you and your wife. Your son did nothing wrong here. You're the, you're the problem, but uh, we can't go back in time. I'm just kidding. Anyway, he, <laughs> he, he has a femoral head. He has the ball of the ball and socket joint of his hip joint is a size 12 heel, but the socket that covers that ball is a size 8 flip-flop. So impingement means you're crushing the edge of the socket because the ball's too big for the socket. And so the surgery is to shave down the bigness, if you will, of the ball so it's better held in the socket coverage-wise by taking down that oversized ball. That's, in essence, what it is. And it requires someone who's very good at it and capable of doing it. And there are, like anything in life, David, there's good and there's bad. So it makes a difference. I already don't like the fact that they gave a 17-year-old kid oral steroids for hip impingement. Are you kidding me? That's like shooting a mosquito with an elephant gun. And I hate that stuff. That is not the way to take care of this because of the side effects that you may get with, I mean, it's just amazing to me. So 
You need to get a second opinion. Wherever the hell you're going, you need more than one opinion because I got to make sure you're in the hands of someone who actually knows what they're doing. So at your convenience, you'll call my office. And it's not me to do it. I'm not here to solicit patients. But I will yeah. give you I will give you some names of people who I think are great, who work at Cedars, who can help you with this problem with your son if you want. No shots of cortisone, no stem cells. If you want your son to go as far as he can go, this surgery has to be done right. And if it's done right, then they will be back in the game, literally. All right? So Monday you'll give my office a call, David, and we'll figure it out, and we'll help you out. All right? Thanks a lot, Doc. Have a great one. Love listening to you. my, My pleasure. And listen, David, you're a total stranger. Today I need you to find a total stranger. Do something nice for them. That's all you'd be thanking me. Appreciate it. I will. Okay. All right, young Thank man. You. God bless you. All right, Will, should we take a break? All right, we'll take one more call, then we'll take a break um, for the last segment. Who do we go, Who are we going to? Who do you want to take? All right, let's go to Robert. You're on with Dr. Clapper. How can I help? Dr. Clapper, first of all, I love your show. Thank you. Um, Thank you. And uh, How, how like young are you, I Robert? Am, what do you do for a living? I am 60 years young, almost 61. Uh, I'm a businessman. I'm a lifelong athlete. I played competitive football. I ran track, played basketball. Wow. I had two ACLs done uh, 42 and 40 years ago, done by the late, great Dr. Ken DeHaven at yeah. the University of Rochester Medical Center. Yep. He wrote the book. He's the guy. I lo- Of all the papers that I've read that Ken DeHaven wrote, my favorite paper that he wrote was, because many surgeons are really not good at or unsure of themselves it's a whole different set of skills at fixing an acl it's complicated you know i just happen to love doing it but it's a complicated operation ken dehaven wrote a paper to this day i think about it which said when you see a patient and you operate on someone who tore their acl and tore their meniscus if you think you're going to go and repair their meniscus and don't fix the acl at the same surgery, it's going to fail. You need the stability of the ACL fixed in order for the meniscus surgery to be a success. And God, I think he's since passed away. It, it was an, it was a, like a landmark article, and it meant so much because you can't chicken out as the surgeon. If you're not skillful enough, then you should send the patient, just like the conversation I had uh, just now, then send the patient to someone else who can take care of them properly. Don't you just trim the meniscus, which is easy for you to do, and not take care of the ACL. Send them to someone who could do both. So that's my Ken DeHaven story. So keep going. Well, Sorry. He, Sorry to interrupt. No, 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 no. It's fascinating because that's exactly what he did my second surgery where I, I tore the meniscus. There you go. And he always said how important the meniscus and, and, and ACL was for functioning. And, Correct. You know, the surgeries have held up. 40 years later, obviously, I got a little osteoarthritis, yep. obviously, the bone yep. spurs and stuff like that, and it's close to bone on bone, but I have a functional knee. Good. And I use a lot of yours and Linda Huey's uh, water techniques. I Good. swim. Yep, that's great for it. Good. My, my question, you know, and, and I baby it, so I'm able to do it. Uh, my question for you is this. It's, it's, it's about, it's, it's related to Anthony Davis. I have an outstanding chiropractor who, who you know, but I won't say his name, but he's uh-huh. so good. He's a professional athlete. And he told me months ago, he, watched, he said, the reason why Anthony Davis gets hurt and will continue to get hurt, and he was right, 
is because he has poor body mechanics. Mm-hmm. And he mentioned to me, he, 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 like some players, he jumps from his ankles and his lower back instead of his core. And, and I don't really, didn't really understand all that. I thought maybe you would, and maybe you might, because I know you're talking about ACLs and Anthony Davis and that. Maybe, maybe you could tell us what, what, what is he doing with his body mechanics that he's getting hurt all the time? First what of all, not everybody needs to leave that poor guy alone. Because you, as a Laker fan, we all lived through the Andrew Bynum days, and it's not, you know, it's everybody right away wants to name call, and it's not fair. Here's what's fantastic about Anthony Davis, which is why we love him, why we actually see him as the savior of the, of the franchise when LeBron ultimately retires, because Anthony Davis is that young. Right away, everybody wants to trade him. Anthony Davis is amazing. You know why? Because Anthony Davis grew like almost a foot between his sophomore and junior year in high school. He went from being a point guard at six foot overnight, literally, became a seven-footer. So his ability to dribble and move the ball, he's unbelievable. And, yes, he could use more biomechanical training and whatnot. You're totally right. But I just don't like when everybody's so hard on the guy because you could just tell – how hard the man actually is trying and wants to be there for us. Um, but, yeah, you know, he has a lot of injuries all in a row. And the, God bless the chiropractor. He's right. The foot is related to the ankle, to the shin, to the knee, to the groin, to the lower back. It's just uh, I learned this from Coach Dave Miller. He used to say that when a player gets tired – their legs get tired, it affects their shot. I go, what does their shot have to do? Their hand have to do? Because you actually shoot the ball from your feet. It's actually the sneakers you're wearing. How your foot makes contact with the floor ultimately is what allows Clay Thompson and Steph Curry to shoot the ball so beautifully because of their legs. So it is all absolutely related. But it just bothers me as a surgeon, as an orthopedic surgeon, for people to kind of critique poor Anthony Davis because you just know how hard he's trying, and a lot of it is just bad luck. He's rolling on, I forgot who it was, ankle. You know, that's what happens to basketball players. And I've had Rick Barry as a guest on this show saying they need to have a better sneaker, one that gives them more support for their ankles. You get Rick Barry on this show again, and he'll go on and on about that as a basketball player. So some of it is us. I just talked about the turf and OBJ tearing his ACL again. We're going to have Fred Dreyer talk about the turf. We're not going to change the basketball court. It's still wood. But we can do a better job, in my opinion, with the sneakers. Absolutely make us a pair of sneakers that truly is designed for the basketball player and to protect them. That absolutely is something that we desperately need. And thanks so much for the call. All right, we'll take a break. We'll pay some bills. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warriors show here on 710 ESPN. Hey, it's John Ireland. You know there is no better way to start your Saturday than with the man who replaced Michael Thompson's hip, Dr. Clapper and the Weekend Warrior show, 7 to 9 a.m. Saturday mornings. Don't miss my show, Mason and Ireland, back Monday at 1, all here on 710 ESPN. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. The most gifted physical specimen I've ever seen. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. I need to know what instrument is making this noise. Is this a piano? 
This is intoxicating. It's and and life is all about contrast. Light and dark. We're not moving right now. I'm sitting in my chair, but I'm on a planet that's moving. Everything that's fun in life is all about contrast. This show is about blue jeans. Well, all the drapes that I use, the gowns in the operating room, you know why they're blue? They're blue because someone realized that if the drapes in surgery are blue, then when you do an operation and the inside of our body has yellow fat and blood vessels, it pops. You see better. You see the anatomy better. Contrasts. So there's this beautiful piano music that I'm listening to at the Super Bowl, the halftime show that Will just played. God knows the lyrics. I mean, the opposite of what that is, I'm going to whatever. I mean, the lyrics of the song, but that's what makes it so intoxicating because it's this gentle piano playing like the beat of your heart with these incredibly intense lyrics. It was awesome. Here I'm buying noise-canceling headphones for my wife, the 60-year-old Jewish lady who took them off so she could hear that beautiful song that Dr. Dre. You know why he's Dr. Dre, by the way? You know why he's a doctor? I think his first hit song was called Surgery, actually, right? Is that right? <laughs> I don't know if I'm allowed to play that song on ESPN. <laughs> Talk about contrasts. But anyway, oh, there's so I got too much show. I need a four-hour show today because you got to hear the rest of the Marlboro Man and Leo Burnett. You got to hear the story of Levi Strauss, the guy who actually invented blue jeans and why he invented blue jeans. He was selling canvas to make tents for the gold rush guys. He's a Jewish guy from Bavaria going, hey, forget about digging for... For gold, I'm Jewish. I don't want to get my hands dirty, but I'll sell them a tent. Then the miner said to him, Levi, we don't want tents. We don't want canvas for tents. Take that canvas and make us some pants so we can put the gold nuggets in our pockets. Okay. So he does that. And it was the tailor who made the canvas for the tents into the pants that said, Levi, I don't got the money. You got the money now. I got an idea. Let's put a rivet where the pocket is so the pocket doesn't tear with those gold nuggets that they're stuffing in their pants. And Levi Strauss says, okay, let's do it together. We'll patent it together. It's 100 plus years ago. That's why Levi Strauss, what a beautiful human being, became a millionaire 100 plus years ago. But you got to hear these stories. I got so many sound bites. What a great show. But... I told Andy to get his MRI and call of all the people online on the phone calls right now. I got to go right to him in the clinic. So, Andy, you're on with Dr. Clapper. Thanks so much for hanging on and calling me back. Hey, Dr. Clapper. How are you? Very good. You got the MRI in front of you? I did get the MRI. Um, I'm happy to call you. Actually, I made an appointment to come see you, but that's not until July. You're a, you're a very popular man. Well, call my office, Andy. Tell Arnie I said it's okay. You don't have to wait till July, all right? You're a weekend warrior, and I'm happy to squeeze you in. All right. Tell who? Arnie? Arnie. Tell Arnie I said it's Arnie. okay. Okay. 
and bring well, and bring him a chocolate babka. Do something, you know, do something nice for Arnie. He'll, he'll, I will do that. Um, he'll, he'll jump through hoops I, to make you make you happy. But if you want, we can. But it'd be nice for the weekend warriors to hear. You got the MRI in front of you. Don't read me the findings. Just read the impression. Impression. Sure. There's uh, three of them. Yeah. Number one is and read them slow so I can interrupt you with clapper vision. <laughs> post surgical changes from prior ACL reconstruction with increased signal within the reconstructed ACL fibers. However, there are fibers that are intact. That's number one. Okay, so what number that means two, in plain English, what that means in plain English is the MRI, the M stands for magnet. A magnet, talk about contrast, is either on or off, positive or negative. Well, guess what? Because it's a positive or negative, the MRI is black and white. That's it. That's the color of the MRI. That's the color of an X-ray. That's the color of a CAT scan, which is kind of egregious since it's 2022, and our life is not black and white. It's in color. But because of that, abnormalities, Andy, that we see, like a tear, right? So Anthony Davis had a negative X-ray, but his MRI was positive for a ligament, midfoot strain. What does that mean? The X-ray is negative, but the MRI is positive. Because the magnet allows us to see signal changes. Instead of black and white for the different structures, the bone, the ligament, the cartilage, the tendon, the vessels, the nerves, if it's supposed to be black and we see some white, or if the signal is white and we see some black, those are signal changes. That's an abnormality, which means something's going on microscopically there's some issue which is a great okay. word which doesn't mean anything <laughs> it's a great word you're having issues what exactly does that mean i love that you know it's like it's like people the millennials saying i'm not going to call you dr Clive, but i'm going to reach out to you i'm going what the hell does reach out mean i mean are you going to call me are you going to pick up the phone are you going to speak to me in person no i'm going to reach out to you what the hell does that mean it's like issues Signal changes are issues in the ligament. It just means it's not normal. That's what it means. What's okay. number two? Number two is, uh, here you go again, increased signal and irregularity at the posterior horn of the medial meniscus. And how young are you, Andy? How young? I'm 42. So at 42, take the back of your hand. I'm 64. I'm going to do it with you and everybody else who's listening. Pinch the skin on the back of your hand. Let go. Trust me, when you're 20, it snaps back into position. You're 20. But when you're 40, you know, it's, it's the beginning of altacocoritis. You're already starting to dry up. It's not snapping back. We can wait for a half an hour for my skin to flatten. That is signal changes. This drying out of the collagen and the matrix. It's spaghetti which is the collagen fibers. You forgot to put the bowl of spaghetti with the marinara sauce in the refrigerator. You left it out. The next morning you wake up and you see the dried out marinara sauce around the collagen bands, the spaghetti. That is aging. And for them to open anti-aging clinic, I love that. You, uh, we live in a society. You get to say whatever you want and apologize later. Uh, and you're not going to age if I take care of you. Are you kidding? We're all going to die. Remember that. That's why you have to enjoy today because that's what makes today that special because you're here. You, like my father, my father used to say, oh, my God, Robbie, I got another day 
I'd look at him and go, Dad, stop that. Of course, of course you're going to have another day. And you know what? My dad, God rest his soul, he didn't get another day. He died in 2004, and I miss him every day. But that's how he lived his life. And he wasn't a rich man. He didn't go to college. But he's the greatest guy because he realized something that the smart people I'm around don't even realize, that you get another day and you should just cherish it. I don't know what tomorrow's going to be. Another day. I have no idea why I went on that tangent, but thank you for letting me think of my father, Andy. Thank you for that. What's the third one? Uh, number three, truncated body and posterior horn of the lateral meniscus from prior meniscectomy. Yeah, so you had, sur- you had surgery. You had an ACL reconstruction. So I got news for you. You've had work done, you know, on not like Joan Rivers' work done, if you know what I mean. But but uh, work done, and I mean plastic surgery in a good way. She was uh, my favorite comedian of all time. She used to say, for all, all those men who want to know what it's like to have a baby, take your lower lip and pull it over your head. It's like, and I tell patients this all the time. I'm constantly quoting Joan Rivers. But anyway, you, you had work done on your meniscus, truncated. That means instead of it being nice and pointy, it's truncated. It's, it's got a stump to it because someone worked on it because it was torn previously. So you have a reason to feel swelling and pain and instability because it's not great. So I, I'm not going to let you have shots because those are ridiculous and they have side effects. You're going to ride a bike. You're going to do the pool. But if it's miserable, yeah, you may need surgery for these signal changes, for these issues. Um, another arthroscopy, not so fast, um, but maybe. So this would be something I would look, so, look forward to seeing you for. Um, but keep being holistic. The pool, the bike, the elliptical. Do not do treadmill lunges squats stair machines weights okay yeah i think that's my problem running every morning yeah you got to stop that andy you're gonna run you're gonna run faster right to my office if you keep running if you know what i mean (laughs) all right andy Um, i look forward to meeting you okay i'm gonna take a break pay some bills and thanks for letting me teach uh, a little clapper vision on the first hour i really appreciate andy god bless you all right thank you all right have a great day today all right warriors we'll take a break Maybe I can tell some stories in the next segment. You got to hear about Leo Burnett. You got to hear about Levi Strauss. And at 815, we're going to talk about blue jeans. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warrior Show here on 710 ESPN.